Hey everybody, welcome back to Going Postal. I'm here with my uh, partner in crime, Tim Nolan. You know What's it. What's going on, Tim? Hey, not much, Joe. How are you? Good, good. Ready for episode 13 of Going Postal. Today we're going to talk about uh, TSP, uh, the hottest topic over the course of the last year when we talk to federal employees that they want more information on. So when we get back, we will dive into the TSP. Oh, yeah. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk about the TSP today. Good old TSP. A lot of stuff going on within the TSP. You know, a lot of lot of people when we talk to them are saying, you know, Joe, Tim, what do I, what do I, what am I supposed to do with my TSP? Right. You know, I'm in these funds. What are these funds? I don't understand these funds. So today we're going to dive in to the the six different funds, right? Sure. Uh, including the L fund. I don't really consider that one of the yeah. funds because it just encompasses all the sure. other five funds. Yep. But we're going to explain to you guys those funds and, and what they really are and then get into some different solutions if you're not really happy with those funds. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, also... Uh, you know, we've probably mentioned it in previous episodes when last year when we were talking about TSP and everything, but we've encountered more recently um, a lot of folks, whether it's the federal employee, postal employee for that matter, or their spouse who may have an old 401k or another IRA that they started years and years ago. And they say, well, what about that? Can can you guys help us with that? Or is it just limited to TSP? And what's our answer, Joe? We can help you with everything. That's right. Yeah. You know, we can we can help you with all of your retirement solutions to make sure that they are well protected with opportunity for growth. You know, one of the big things that we hear from folks is, oh, my gosh, you know, 2022 is a bad year. Right. I've lost my shirt in, in TSP. And I don't know, maybe I should be more aggressive. And, and we always say, well, it depends. Depends on, you know, how long until you are retiring. Right. You know, how old are you? You know, or how young are you? How, we like to ask the question. Right. Never want to ask uh, anyone how old they are. Right. Ask them how young they are. Uh, and really finding out a lot of information, doing that needs analysis to say, here's some solutions for you. And one of the biggest things that we come across right now is people that just aren't educated about what those solutions are. Right. And that's where we come in. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit of, you know, about these different funds within the TSP that people invest in. Sure. Um, you know, so the first one would be, you know, the C fund, mm -hmm. which is obviously the the larger cap funds, yep. right? Your S&P 500. 500 funds. Right. And, you know, we would always recommend the C fund to people probably from 20 years of age to about about 50 years of age, yeah, right? Absolutely. Because they are in what we we deem, and we've talked to you guys about this before, but your accumulation phase. Yep. This is when you're trying to make the most amount of money and get in get it into your TSP. Yeah. Yep. yep. You know, and and being aggressive when you're young is great because, you know, if you think about let's just go back to 2008. Right. You know, everybody that that held their funds in in the C fund in 2008 you lost your shirt in 2008, but if you weren't near retirement age, that's okay, right? Right. That was 15 years ago. It didn't matter to you. Didn't matter, right? right? If you lost 47%, it was fine. You knew that everything inside that C fund would eventually come back. Sure. You know, now we're in 2023. We're amidst a, an election year. 
Right. Right. We've got a lot of things that are affecting the market and the economy right now. We had high inflation for a year and a half. We still have high inflation. Right. Right. We have Russia and Ukraine. We have, you know, we had the pandemic in 2020. Right. We have a lot of things that are affecting the growth potential of of those funds. And if you're still in those accumulation years, I'd say that's good. Right. Stay there. You know, over the course of a 10-year period, the market's going to be down probably three of those 10 years. Correct. Right? So you have time. If you have time on your side, we talk about it all the time, Joe. We talk about the accumulation years. But then as they are transitioning into that next phase that we call preservation years, right, 50 to 65 or 70. Right. You want to start preserving those gains, right? Right. You don't want to risk them. You don't want to go to the casino and the craps table and, you know, you're shooting the dice on whether or not your C fund or S fund or I fund are going to be there when you retire. Right. Right. Because you won't have time on your side in the event that you decide, hey, you know what? I've been at the Postal Service for 37 years. I'm 59 years old. I'm, I'm out the door because I'm eligible. And then the market crashes. Sure. Sure. You know, you don't want to be in that situation. Yeah. So the the C fund, S I fund. So the S fund is your smaller cap funds, uh, and then your I funds are your international funds. So you know, Tim and I would usually recommend to people twenty to fifty to be heavily invested in in those three funds because those are your and Tim likes to use the word casino funds, yep. right? Yep. Uh, because you are you're gambling with those funds, and that's okay when you're younger. Even when the market's down in those funds. You're buying those stocks at a cheaper price. Sure. So it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, we know, like Tim said, over the course of a 10-year period, that generally seven to eight of those years are good years where sure. you're going to see positives in those funds. The trouble you run into when you get into your 50s and 60s and you're getting ready to retire, if by chance one of those years, 2008, happens again, yep. and your half a million you have in your TSP is now 250,000, you don't have working time on your side to recover from that. Right. So that's why it's good to talk to investor and uh, investors like us that understand what the market's doing, right? Uh, so what most people in their 50s say, well, you know, I transferred all my money out of those funds to the G fund. Sure, the good old G fund. Is that a good option? Well, it depends. I, that's our answer every time is it depends. Right. You know, does that reduce your risk? It reduces your market risk. And I think we've gone over this before in the past, but let's revisit it real quick. It reduces your market risk, your market exposure, but it doesn't reduce your inflationary risk. Right. Right. So the G fund traditionally over time since inception has returned anywhere from 1% to three and a half, maybe 4% just kind of depends. You know, it's it's bond funds, it's interest rate sensitive, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, some people would say, well, I'm okay with a 2% rate of return, right? Most people would be in this environment, especially an environment where the market is like a roller coaster, right? right? You know, but as you're entering an election year, you're entering potentially your retirement year, you probably want to have the opportunity for gains but then still protect the downside risk, right? Right, And so that's some of the solutions that we talk to folks about uh, with moving their money. <clears throat> the other thing with the G fund that you, that you brought up uh, in the past, and, and it's on the surface again, you know, the government's potentially in a shutdown. Uh, they're talking about disinvesting in the, in the G fund. We get phone calls when that comes out from 
TSP and from other other uh, you know advisors and 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 publications that say, hey, you know, Janet Yellen's thinking about reducing investment in the G fund because the government wants to use that money to help offset the deficit. Right. Not a good thing. No. Not a good thing. Uh, we our phones light up uh, when we hear people coming to us and saying, what do I do? Do I take all my money out of the G fund and just put it in cash, like in the mattress, you know, or in the freezer? Right. Not a smart thing to do either, because again, we don't know about the timing of the market to be able to get back in when the market recovers. Well, and tax implications that go along with pulling all that money out, right? Right. Right. Put you in another tax bracket. Right. Or two. Uh, So, you know, what are some of the solutions, Joe, that we uh, talk to folks about uh, and educate them about because a lot of people aren't educated about one of these solutions uh, that could help them. Yeah, I mean the the hottest one right now that that people are looking at that they come to us for is what we call fixed indexed annuity. Right, right, very much like their pension. Uh, so you know, and and what a fixed indexed annuity does is it is a insurance contract rather than just a straight investment. Right. So you know, it's a guarantee, and what they do is they guarantee that whatever your investment is, let's use an easy number, let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. That your money, your that investment will never lose, right? Because although it follows the market, yep. So if the market goes up, your money goes along with it. It's not directly invested in the market, right? Right, exactly. So you're not having that market risk, right? The insurance company is taking the market risk, right? And they are allowing you to participate when the market goes up, but when the market goes down, you're not losing any of your money. Right. right. And some people say, what, it's it's too good to be true. Right. Right. And what what do we talk to them about to say, to, to, to battle that concern that, oh, it's just too good to be true? Yeah. And ge- generally, these are seven to 10 year contracts, right? And there's always a trade off. When they give you a guarantee, what they want is they want a seven to year, 10 year contract with you. And yep. they're, they're saying, Look, I'm going to hold on to your $100,000 for 7 to 10 years. We have actuaries in the background. They know how much money they can make off your 100000 sure, right? Sure, of course. These are for-profit companies that do this. Yep, every financial institution is. Right. They're going to make money off your money. Sure. But what they're guaranteeing that none of those funds, even the G fund within the TSP, can lose money, Right. right? They, they're guaranteeing that you can't lose any money. And the rates of return over the course of the past 10 years have been exceptional sure. on these fixed indexes. Yeah, I mean, anywhere between 6 and 10%. And, you know, if I'm approaching retirement years and I can get 6%, I'm happy. Right, absolutely. Right? You yep. know, you might be, if you're using it as an income stream, there are, there are solutions that will provide that immediate income stream to help supplement your pension and your social security and or if you're under 62 and you're receiving that special supplement that we've talked about in the past, you know, you can turn on an income stream from your TSP and allow that to add to your monthly income. But no matter what, and this is a big common myth I want to make sure that we address, a lot of people come to us and say, well, I've heard bad things about annuities because I'm giving the company, the insurance company, the money. And if I die, they keep all my money. That's crazy. False. False. Absolutely false. (laughs) There are beneficiaries. You got to remember, folks, that uh, a fixed index annuity, a fixed annuity, a variable annuity, doesn't matter what type it is. An annuity is an IRA in the tax wrapper, and there is always a beneficiary. Just like your TSP has a beneficiary, 
these annuities carry a beneficiary as well. So in the event of your premature passing or when you pass, there's a beneficiary that the funds go to or that beneficiary has an option to continue the annuity, protect the market risk, and take advantage of any upside gains in the market. Right. And there's also a lot of riders that go along with these annuities that yeah. people really, really like. Yeah. Uh, terminal illness rider. Yep. Uh, and I'll let you touch a little bit more on that. You're yeah. the expert yeah, on those, you know, those so, riders. Yeah. So if, if you're deemed terminally ill given 12 months or less to live, you can access all of your money. Now, remember, if it's tax deferred money, Uncle Sam's going to have his hand out, right, to get his taxes first. But you have access to all of that money. A big common misconception about annuities. If you're unable to do two of the six activities of daily living for a 60-day period or longer, you have access to that money to help pay and offset costs of in-home care, skilled nursing care, any cognitive impairment, right? So any of those three things, you have access to all of your money. You're just going to simply, if it's tax deferred, if the money's been tax deferred ever since you put the money in in the, in the TSP, um, Uncle Sam's going to get his money, but then you have access to all of your money. It's a big common misconception that we hear from folks every time that we pitch that opportunity and solution for them. Sure. And a, another misconception about annuity is, you know, well, I have access to 10%. Can I not get to the other 90% of my money? False. It's false. You can absolutely get to it. Now, the it, within the contract and with the guarantee of not losing any money, there is a surrender charge that, yep. you know, that they would charge. And it's a minimal fee if you sure. had to get to all of your money. Yep. Uh, if, you know, one of those things didn't happen, terminal right. illness, critical illness. Uh, but an, another misconception about annuities that that people say all the time, well, you, you guys hold my money. I can't get to it. That's not true. Yeah. You can get to your money no matter what. Is there a little penalty that's involved? And if you need to access more than 10% of it a year? Yeah, but that's because they're guaranteeing you're not going to lose right. any money. So there's a trade-off there, right. right? Yep, absolutely. And, you know, if you guys have questions about this, I mean, we're kind of getting a little bit into the weeds. Call us, reach out to us. We can explain what these annuities can do. And that's just, you know, one of the solutions. It's right. been the hottest solution here lately it has because been. of the guarantees that they offer. Sure, People love them. Um, but, you know, we have other solutions as well if, if an annuity isn't something that interests you. Yeah. Uh, there's other things out there that we could look at putting you in. But, you know, mostly for people that are, you know, 50 to, you know, uh, and above. And above, sure. Uh, these are, are great solutions for you if you you're not that person that wants to play the market. You want right. to be more conservative uh, when you get into your 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 later years of, sure. of your working life. Right, right. And, you know, we we get the question that all of you are probably thinking about right now is, you know, what do we charge? Right. And and we don't charge any fees, and we use zero fee-based annuities for you. We get paid from the insurance company. Right. You know, we get paid a one-time compensation from the insurance company. Now, those of you out there that have a, a financial advisor as well, like us, that may be with another, another uh, company, we won't mention names, uh, but they may be charging you a fee. I had a client uh, a couple of weeks ago that sent me their statement and they swore up and down that they were not being charged any type of fee. And I reviewed their statement. And again, this is not the client's fault. It's the advisor's fault for not showing them and disclosing to them. And maybe they disclosed it early on in the relationship, but that relationship could have started 10, 15, 20 years ago. And I, I always reference back to 2008, right? 
where the fee-based advisors, when you lost 40% or 50% of your portfolio, they still made money, right? Right. Joe and I always act in your best interest, right? From a fiduciary standpoint, we are always making sure that we are acting in your best interest and disclosing everything to you to make sure that you understand that. But we choose not to charge fees and we don't use fee-based annuities. And, and think about that, you guys. I mean, somebody that's got a million dollars in, a, in an outside IRA that's being managed, if, if they're getting charged standard, which is one, one to one, one and a half percent, yep. right? Do you know how much money that is? Sure. I mean, you're looking at ten thousand to fifteen thousand right. dollars for them to manage that right. that million dollars. And are they really managing it? I mean, that's the thing we hear all the time. Are they watching it? Are they calling you? Are they reaching out to you on a yearly basis saying, you know what, I don't really like this anymore. Let's move your money over here. Right. I know in my 47 years and and 20 something years of working, I mean, I've got IRAs. Yep. Sometimes people don't reach out to you for two or three years. That's right. not somebody I want watching and yeah. managing my money. Right. And we're not we're not bad. We have plenty of friends in the financial services industry like us that are fee-based. Yep. And there are a lot of really good advisors out there that are fee-based that are doing the things Joe's talking about, yep. that are checking in with you, whether it's semi-annually or annually. But folks, if you haven't spoken with the person that set up your account from years ago, there's a problem there. There's a serious problem. They're still getting paid, but they're not doing the work for what they're getting paid. Right. And and we just like to say that, you know, because 99% of our clients are federal employees and uh, from every uh, walk of life, postal, IRS, VA, uh, we choose not to be fee-based. Right. We choose to to go about our business to allow the companies that we do business with to pay us, it doesn't come out of your funds. If you transfer a hundred thousand or a million dollars, those that compensation does not come out of your money at all. Uh, it's paid for directly by the insurance company. Right. And so we want to make sure that we're clear on that. But guys, if you have questions about any of the things that we just talked about, you can go out to postalbluebookhelp.com, fill out the quick little form. And myself, Joe, or one of our other federal retirement consultants will reach out to you and schedule a one-on-one -on -one appointment. You can also attend one of our webinars. Like I said, we're going to have that in our previous episode. We talked about that. We're going to get those online webinars started here in mid-June where you'll get a lot of information. It'll be live uh, via Zoom. You'll be able to just come in and join, uh, and we'll have a Q&A during that session as well. And then we can set up that one-on-one -on -one appointment for you as well. Yeah, and all you, everybody that's getting ready to retire, whether it's postal workers or our, you know, we're also in every branch of the federal space. Let us know. We're going to help you guys fill out your retirement paperwork or your for, for your po or our postal workers, excuse me, your blue book, uh, and we do that free of charge as well. So anything we can do to make your life a little bit easier and take that burden off your plate, let us know. That's what we're here for. Yeah, I mean, Joe, we could sit. Here here for another hour and talk right. about <laughs> TSP and solutions and where to put your money and why to put it there and, right. and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, to sum it up, I mean, you either want to take risk or you don't want to take risk, right? right? You're either you're okay with risk or you're risk averse. And most people, when they are getting ready to retire, are going to be risk averse. And the solutions that we have here at Postal Blue Book help uh, are, are really solid solutions. We have a lot of clients. We, we're even, we can give you references of people that, that have worked with us and that are satisfied uh, with our services uh, to make sure that you understand where things are going when you retire. Yep. 
I think that's it. Episode 13 in the the books. books. Yeah. You guys, we appreciate you. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And like I said, if you guys need anything, please reach out to us, whether that's, you know, you can get on the website, Postal Blue Book Help, or uh, just give us a call. You know, our numbers are are all over the the website as well. If you don't want to fill out the form and you want to talk to us personally, uh, be happy to help you. Smash that like button, hit subscribe. Uh, We appreciate you guys and look forward to seeing you at the state convention. I mean, the national National convention Convention. in August uh, or before that. Thanks so much. This has been the Going Postal Podcast. Uh, Check us out on YouTube and postalbluebookhelp.com. See you guys soon.